Hi, it's Dr. White. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Private Medical Practice Academy. Today, I want to talk about some of the factors that you're going to take into consideration when you're thinking about an opportunity. So to start with, I want to talk about what exactly I mean by an opportunity. It could be, where do you want to start a practice? But you can also use the same factors in considering, should I bring on more providers? Should I open a satellite office? Or if you're considering adding any ancillary services, such as an ambulatory surgery center, an imaging center, or anything else that requires an investment on your part, you're going to want to take these factors into consideration. I will tell you firsthand that these are the things that I thought about each and every time I would add on something new. So what are they? The first thing we're going to talk about is your demographics, right? Who are your clients or your patients? Who are you looking to serve? Because depending on what service you're looking to provide, the demographics may be different. So who is that ideal patient? How old are they? Are they a man or a woman? What's their income? Do they have insurance? Are they employed? And do you have an idea of what they really need in terms of services? So what do I mean by this? Well, for example, if you're a pediatrician and you live in Florida in the center of a retirement community and that's really who's around, then understanding the average age of the demographic in that area is going to be very important in terms of trying to figure out how many patients are you going to get. Similarly, if, for example, you decide that you want to not take insurance and be a cash-based practice and everybody's employed and has uh, health insurance in your area, that may affect some of your choices in terms of how good this opportunity is. Similarly, if you are a high-end plastic surgeon and you are looking at an area where people are primarily blue-collar workers and may not even have health insurance, then you really need to think about is there going to be a need for your services? Now, I understand I've given you some pretty extreme examples, but you're going to see how they dovetail into some of the other factors here in a second. The next factor I want to talk about is your catch area. What do I mean by a catch area? This basically means the area in terms of distance that you are going to need to cover or be willing to travel to or that people are willing to travel to you in order to get whatever it is that you're offering. So for example, if you are a pediatric subspecialist in rural America, then you can anticipate that people are going to travel some great distance to come and see you. And in that case, your catch area is going to be very large. On the other hand, if you live in New York City, right, the population density is so great that you are going to have many more people who potentially need your service in a much more limited geographic area. Why is that important? It's important because at the end of the day, you need to really understand how many people do you need in order to make your opportunity overwhelmingly successful. And so in order to stack the odds in your favor, you need to understand how big that catch area is, and then ultimately, how many people in your specific demographic that we've just identified are in that catch area. So let's look at this another way. 
let's say you're offering a service that people need once in a blue moon, then you're going to need many more people in order to make that service viable. Or let's say that you're a specialist who sees a disease process that occurs one in 100,000 people. Then that tells you that you're going to need a much larger catch area in order to be able to see enough patients to make this an opportunity. The third factor that we're going to need to consider is the payer mix in the catch area for the demographic that you are considering. Before we even talk about the payer mix, let's start from the point that you need to decide, is this a cash-only service or is it one that you're going to accept insurance for? And if you're going to accept insurance, are you planning to be in-network or out-of-network? Let's say that you're going to offer massage therapy as a cash-based service. In that case, then the payer mix doesn't actually matter. But let's say, on the other hand, that you're first starting your practice, or you're looking to add an additional provider, or maybe a satellite office. And in those cases, you are looking to have some patients with insurance. In that case, the payer mix definitely matters. As a bare minimum, you're going to want to understand for your demographic in your catch area what percentage of patients are uninsured, what percentage have Medicare, and then what is the percentage of commercial insurance. I know you're wondering how it is you're going to begin to figure out this information. Not to worry, if you check out the notes below this episode, I've given you a link where you can start to get some of this information. Before I go on, I really want to stress to you that the demographics, the catch area, and the paramix are all interrelated factors. The more you can drill down to figuring out the relationship of these three, the more successful you are going to be in really being able to assess this opportunity. Because at the end of the day, you're going to want to know how many people who really want what I'm offering live in the catch area and have the resources to pay me so that I can make this opportunity incredibly successful. The next factor is who's your competition. So in a previous episode, I talked all about carving out a niche. And if you have a niche, then you need to look at your competition and figure out who is actually offering the same thing you're offering and can you differentiate yourself. Second, you're going to want to know who's out there. How many of them are there? How busy are they? What exactly is the competition doing? So basically, what you're trying to figure out, is there enough business to go around? If you are the 100th subspecialist in a 10-block radius in a town that has 50,000 people, then that should tell you that's probably a problem. Similarly, if you were to open an imaging center and don't have enough volume yourself to support it, and there are imaging centers on every corner in your small town, then again, that's probably not a viable opportunity. Conversely, if you have the only open MRI for people weighing more than 400 pounds in your state, as happened here in Louisiana, then you indeed have an extremely viable opportunity. Similarly, if you're a specialist and there is nobody else offering what you're offering anywhere in town, then opening your practice, again, will be a profitable enterprise. You also want to figure out if there are similar services, similar providers, how busy are they? Because sometimes 
they're already maxed out. For example, if you're an endocrinologist and all of the other endocrinologists in the area have the next available appointment in four to six months, then there's a great opportunity for you to come in because you're going to have instant availability. The one thing I want to say about competition is just because there's competition does not in and of itself make the opportunity not a great idea. For example, there was a group here in town who had a pain specialist, actually had three pain specialists for their nine neurosurgeons and their 10 neurologists. And you would think that they would keep everything in-house. The only problem is is that their pain specialists were so busy that they had overflow. And so as a result, they ended up having to send patients out to other practices. And so there really was a great opportunity. We can also look at an example of an imaging center. There are imaging centers that have no availability. They're just that busy. So if you start an imaging center and have availability or have better hours, such as nights and weekends, then there is again an opportunity. That's where understanding the competition and what they're actually doing and how busy they are becomes so very important. And then the last thing I want to talk about is the cost of doing business. Because obviously in assessing an opportunity, you're going to want to understand how expensive is it going to be to actually add on this new business, right? So if it's starting a practice, it's adding a provider, whether it's adding an ancillary service, the issue is always the same, right? There is some expense involved in that. What is that expense? And it comes back to understanding the catch area, your demographic, and your payer mix, right? Obviously, if you live in an expensive place, a high cost of living place, then you're going to need to either have more patients or have a better payer mix in order to support the increased expense. So again, the reason that, for example, plastic surgery on Rodeo Drive works is that you have a catch area and a demographic that's willing to pay you in order for you to rent or own a place to perform your plastic surgery in a high cost of living area. On the other hand, let's say you're starting a pediatrics practice in an area of town that has mostly families, okay, then that's a totally different story in terms of how many patients you're going to have. And chances are it's not going to require nearly the same build out of your office, the same amount of equipment, the costs, the expenses are clearly going to be less. I totally understand that I've given you a number of examples that seem to be the extremes. And the reality is that for most of us, the opportunities lie somewhere in the middle. The point that I'm trying to make to you is that these are the factors that you need to consider. And then you're going to need to model out all of the variables. I'll talk about this more in future episodes, but essentially what I mean by modeling out is that you have a bunch of variables here, right? You have the demographics, you have the catch area, you have the payer mix, you have your competition, and you have what's it going to cost you to do business in this area, right? As we change those variables, it's going to change whether this opportunity is okay, whether it's good, whether it's phenomenal, and we can't afford to miss it. But ultimately, the way in which you're going to figure this out is with data, okay? We need to actually obtain the data for each of these points and then be able to look at the variables within 
that data in order to make the most educated decision. Thanks for joining me. Be sure to sign up for my newsletter below, and I'll be sending you tips on how to start your practice, best run your practice, grow the practice, and then ultimately be able to leverage your medical practice into multiple other businesses. I hope to see you soon.